Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the Believe Podcast Network, SoCal Sweat. My name is Ann McDaniels, a former NFL cheerleader and product manager turned actress and model who dreams of being a UFC fighter. Yow. Learning strategies to help motivate others leads me to bring you interviews each week from a range of athletes, experts in fitness and nutrition, and so much more. Thanks for listening to Believe, the number one podcast for working professionals. And let's push our endorphins to higher performance through SoCal Sweat. This is your host, Ann McDaniels, and welcome to another episode of Leave SoCal Sweat. I hope everyone had a wonderful holiday season, whether it be Christmas or Hanukkah, whatever your case may be. I hope it was festive and beautiful and merry. I hope you spent it with friends and family, people you love. Maybe you're still traveling. Maybe you're facing a nightmare today. I have a lot of friends stuck. I'm helping a lot of them right now. Some people have left early from their families due to a COVID situation. Oh, I do not envy uh, the airports right now. I chose not to travel this year just to some other circumstances, but I had a wonderful holiday season. And besides the beautiful church service I went to um, on Russian Orthodox Sunday or Saturday, Christmas Eve night, we also celebrate in that sect January 6th, which is a Russian Christmas. Um, but this time, as Americans, we do December 25th. But in the churches in Los Angeles, we also celebrate on January 6th. So that was absolutely beautiful. And then on Christmas Day, I spent it with a bunch of friends, but I also did my due diligence of uh, volunteering at the Hollywood Presbyterian Church in partnership with Temple Israel of Hollywood. And we donated it to many families in need, and it was in need beautiful meals. The meals were from every, or every table, just delicious meals that were hot. And also we're, we were able to give the families gifts hygiene kits, blankets, hats, gloves. We had a photo booth, we had a DJ section where people were dancing. Unfortunately, it was freezing rain and it was outside. Usually we have it inside the church, which is a private school, and we house it in the cafeteria so everybody can stay nice and warm. But due to COVID circumstances, we had to be outside. And I've been sick the whole time with the flu, but I had to push through it. It's like when you make a commitment, you just stick to it. But I'm actually getting ready to go to Las Vegas. I am. I will be performing at Aria on New Year's Eve at a private event that I've done. This will be my eighth year in a row, uh, except for the subtracted year of the pandemic and subtract the year that I shattered my <laughs> shattered my ankle, my foot, and my arm. So that was uh, that was not a done deal at that point. But I'll be going this time on a much lesser version as a showgirl, just because I can't do the things I did before as I'm still recovering. But I will next year. So I'm very excited about that. But I will be leaving. Um, I will be leaving on the 29th to go to Las Vegas. So I'm very excited about that. But I hope everyone else is going to be enjoying a wonderful, festive, and safe New Year's Eve. Uh, there are many ideas out there that if you don't feel like going out and people are worried about, you know, the virus and everything like that, just get tested and then just, you know, throw, be careful. I guess I'm just not, I'm not overly cautious. I just feel like, you know, if you're careful and you do your thing, you should be okay. And I also kind of think if God's going to take me, God's going to take me. I'm not going to miss out on, on things just because you know, of being scared. Like, who wants to go through their entire life being scared? But besides New Year's Eve in 2022, so many people are wondering, are people even optimistic about the new year? We don't expect things to return exactly to the way they were before the pandemic, but we still can be optimistic. And a psychiatrist from the University of Wisconsin-Madison says, in this mess, 
there's a silver lining and if we can see it, recognize it and begin to nurture and strengthen it, then I think we have a lot to look forward to. So this brings me to 2022, a new year. We were so hopeful for 2021. Oh my gosh, it's gonna be so much better than 2020. It's gonna go back to 2019. And it really wasn't. But it really is all in a mindset. If you continue to be negative about it, then it's going to be negative. But try to do little things in your life that you can do to create your own life. Yes, we can't can we can't control certain things in the environment. We can't control the politics. We can't control people being nasty. But we can do what we can do. And with the 2022 it should be celebrated. We are all alive. We are, Yes, there have been some many sad things, but let's try to look at the gratitude and the great things coming out of it. Things will continue to improve. I just, I have a feeling that it will. And a lot of people have New Year's resolutions. And some of the biggest New Year's resolutions, of course, are people that want to lose weight, want to join a gym, want a better diet, want to make more money, want to improve their relationships, want to improve their status. Maybe they want to buy a new car, make extra money, get a better job. And all these things are pretty daunting. These are these are like stretch goals. You know, you have the mini and the the mini goals and the and the big goals. And sometimes when you change little goals in your life, little things that you do, small habits, you can really change your life for the better. And typically, you can look at your life as a pie chart. And your goals can be on the physical side, the mental side, the productivity and work side the relationship side, and then the community and environment. So picture a pie chart that would be physical, mental, productivity and work, relationships, and then community and and environment. Well, there are small micro goals and small micro things that we can do each day to improve the things in those areas. So I just wanna break this down and just kind of go over some things in each category that will help you improve your life for the better And then when you look at your big goals, whether it be making more money, getting a better job, having a better relationship, maybe finding a boyfriend or girlfriend, or, you know, just getting a better apartment, maybe buying a a dog, just things that that you want your goals to be. Look at your tiny habits every day and what you can improve upon. So let's just start with the better physical health. What tiny habits can you do each day to improve your physical health, which is number one on the pie chart? First thing, very easy. Drink a glass of water first thing in the morning. We don't get enough water in our systems and we get so busy throughout the day that we don't think about stopping to replenish our supply. We can also absorb more nutrients during the day if we have water. And sometimes we're starving. We feel that we're absolutely starving. And then we'll grab a bunch of sugar or something from Starbucks that's really full of a lot of calories and we think it's just a caffeine boost. But all in all, we're just thirsty. And if you think you're hungry, again, maybe you're just thirsty. And a lot of dietitians say before you go into a big meal, and if you're starving, have a big glass of water first, and then you realize that you can eat a little bit less and not worry about you know over, overindulging. So that would be the first thing for physical health, besides water is just, it's a huge part of our body. Plus, it takes two water molecules to break down a fat molecule. So the more water we have in our body, the better for just overall health. Number two for physical health is just park as far away from the door as you can if you have a car. Um, a lot of people who live in New York City or bigger cities do not drive, but when you do that, you're getting so much you're getting so much physical um, activity anyway. But when you park as far away from the door as you can, you fight the effects of a sedentary lifestyle by getting more steps into your day whenever you can. And also, simple things like taking a longer stroll from the car to the door might be effective than a vigorous workout that counteracts the effects of long hours at the desk. Sometimes you just don't feel like going to the gym, but maybe you have to go to the grocery store afterwards and just park further away. And the third one for tiny habits for physical health 
is to simply eat more raw fruit and vegetables with every meal. Think of a green side salad, a slice of melon, some berries and a few carrot sticks and cucumber slices. Not only will this add more nutrients, but you'll also be getting more fiber, also more water, and helping your body lose weight, retain energy, and decrease hunger. So just add more vegetables to your diet. And my favorite dietitian, Alana Molstein, always says, water first, veggies most. So she always starts with water first, and then eats the most veggies on her plate, and then she eats the rest of her meal. So that's just another physical, little micro habit you can do for your physical health. The fourth one is just to stand up and stretch every hour on the hour, especially if you have a desk job, which can be so, uh, just you feel stiff, you feel lazy, you feel bored, you get, you get lower energy. So if you stand up and stretch every hour on the hour, you trigger yourself with a beep on your phone or watch or computer or just put, set a little alarm. Sitting for an extended period of time is bad for you, for you both your body and your brain, and you kind of become less productive. And even if you take a walk around the block, it can really help stimulate a lot of creativity and get fresh air, and you need that mental and physical break. It doesn't have to be a big deal to stop, and when that hour, when your alarm goes off, just stand up and even roll your shoulders or touch your toes. This also goes for long flights. I've taken really long flights, and I, I, I have to constantly stand up. It drives me nuts. Or I'm sitting in my spot, and I'm constantly like shaking my legs, which drives people crazy, but I can't just sit there. Plus, my friend Jen had actually had a... Um, she, she almost died of a blood clot in her 20s when she was flying, so these things can happen. And then the fifth one for physical health is just to carry a small bag of nuts or beef jerky, something with protein in it, something protein rich, which will stave, help stave off the hunger, as well as keeping you from getting to that point where you are ready to eat or bite someone's head off, um, which is ravenous or hangry, when you're ready to eat anything in sight, no matter what, and definitely don't go to the grocery store or go to a restaurant when you're that starving. Um, getting a little more protein in your, in your diet can help boost your metabolism and build your muscle. And grab a water at that point as well. And hey, if you have to go to Starbucks, for all, I, there's no judgments on this end. There's a, not a better treat in the world than that when you are hungry and when you're thirsty and just you need a treat. That green mermaid really does it for me. Yes, she does. Now, moving on to the second part of the pie chart, and that would be tiny tips for better mental health. So first we have the physical health. Now we're moving on to the better mental health. What can you do here to improve the mental health? Number one is to ask open-ended questions of people. Instead of throwing out questions, just so you can insert your own opinion. Ask bigger and better questions and actually listen. Avoid asking questions that can be answered with a simple yes or no. Try to start with, with things like, what do you think about such and such? Or how would you handle this if, if this happened to you? Or hey, what is your experience with buying the Tesla, this Tesla model versus this Tesla model? And instead of saying, do you like your Tesla? Yes. Well, what's your experience with this one? And which one did you prefer? Which dealership did you go to? Um, did you have a problem ever running out of anything? Or did you receive good customer service? Ask good questions. And then people will listen and the answers and the attitude are going to condition them to want to share their knowledge and people like to talk about themselves. They actually love to talk about their knowledge, their experience, and anything that they can do to share with you so they can kind of feel, you know, like they're helping you. People like to help and people love to talk about themselves. It's a great way to make new friends. You have an open perspective and initiating deeper conversations will help you relate with others. It'll cultivate your empathy and you can keep your own problems in perspective. When you think you have a really great major problem, which again, it's all relative, and if you do, you do, but when you hear other people's issues, or maybe they've dealt with it in a different way and they can help you, it helps you gain a different perspective. 
you can also make new friends and learn new ways of approaching life. Imagine the wisdom you would gain in five or 10 years if you just have those conversations every week. I myself do, but I also am, I have the, the luck of being in the freelance business as an entertainer. So I am meeting with different people all the time. I, I'm never in the same spot twice. I'm never with the same people twice. Um, when I am, that, then you get really close. And, but when you're constantly changing things up, it actually gives you a deeper perspective and a wider array of knowledge and wisdom and people and, and people's experiences. So just ask open-ended questions. And what that means is where there's an actual answer as opposed to just a one-answer question. If you ask closed-ended questions, the answer would be yes. Like, do you like the color red? Yes. Or an open-ended question would be like, what do you love about the color red? What is it, what is it insight for you? What does it make you experience? What does it make you feel? And someone might say, fiery passion and love. You know, that would be an, an open-ended question with an open-ended answer. Um, number two is to keep a tray of art supplies out in your table, desk, or shelf. Don't force or even expect yourself to clock in a certain number of minutes or productions. Just keep them, just keep them out in reach so that when you feel like doodling with something artistic, it's effortless. And you can switch the art medium every week. Whether it be just keeping your any kind of creativity alive. Maybe it's just kind of making a sketch. Maybe it's writing things. Maybe it's just like drawing out what you're feeling. If you put that out there, you're going to get your thoughts on a paper, even if you don't want to want to write like in a journal, because I'm not a journal writer at all. I But if, if you, some people sketch, and my, my dad is a football coach, and he's written several football books. When he would be on the phone with other coaches or doing interviews, he would always write out football plays. Like you would look at his notes from a phone conversation. There wouldn't be anything about the notes. There wouldn't be any, any talking points. I mean, there would be some, but he literally would have pages and pages of football plays with the offense and defense and the linemen and all the arrows going everywhere. And, but he knew from that, when he drew that, what, what he conversed about, he could remember that with photographic memory. Same as my mom. I know that she said in college, she never took when she took notes, she just drew pictures. So she could look, because she's also an artist, she would look at her notes and she would see pictures and doodles. And she would know exactly what the professor had been talking about with those pictures. I mean, there are even child psychi- psychiatrists that will have someone, have a, a child draw a picture of what they're feeling or draw a picture of their parents. And that psychiatrist can actually look at the picture and depict what that child is thinking. Maybe that kid is not talking. Maybe the kid went through some trauma. And with a picture that can be depicted in their feelings and their sentiments towards what happened and then progress can get going. So maybe keep a tray of art supplies or just some good pencils or something on your desk or you know, on your computer. Maybe you do, like to sketch things out. Maybe it's in a creative program. And the third one for mental health is to sit in silence for a few minutes every day. You don't have to call this meditation. When I think about, when I think I'm doing meditation, I just get kind of turned off. I will sometimes in my car just be silent. Usually I listen to really loud music or a podcast. Um, but if I shut off the music and shut off everything and I think that is a meditation to me because I don't want to sit there on the floor in a zen-like, you know, cross-legged position. It's just not really me. Um, I will, my brain will start going a million miles an hour. But instead, just sit in silence for a couple minutes a day and maybe think or don't think at all. Just be appreciative and just, you know, think about your surroundings. And then a fourth one for your mental health is to jot everything down in your mind for a few minutes at the end of the day. It's like a brain dump. It's the easiest way to get things out. And also, it might be better if you do that for yourself than maybe walk in the door and take everything out on your spouse, or your boyfriend, or your girlfriend, or your kids, or even your dog, or, or your animal. 
Um, sometimes we're very stressed out and if we just sit down and jot everything down, it's an easier way than taking it on somebody else. And it also gets all, all of your anxiety out, out there. You can keep a simple notebook by the bed and give yourself a few minutes to pour that out before you go to sleep. But don't edit it. Just let it all out, any format, in any order. And Louise Hay always talks about this, that she does this in the morning. She calls it her morning pages. Or as an alternative, and I do this sometimes, is to use a voice recorder and simply talk in an edited stream of consciousness or style for a few minutes and record yourself. And then you can go back to that and look at what you've been thinking. And sometimes I just take notes on an audio recorder of like, oh, remember to call this person, remember to call this person. And then I can send that to myself via email. So that's just something else you can do for your mental health. Another one is number five, is to repeat a personal mantra to yourself when you hit stress points. Make it something simple to remember that calms you and reminds you of the important things in life. This is a simple way to retrain your brain and tell it how to respond to stress. And instead of letting stressful points into, a, in, into yourself, put yourself in a panic mode, you can use that mantra to tell your brain that it's all gonna be okay. One psychiatrist says that their favorite is, this too shall pass. I am stronger than I think. I can learn what I need to learn when I need to learn it. And, or you could look at your past and think, hey, I've gotten through this before. And you could think I've handled worse than this, or I am not alone. Maybe there's freedom here. I'm a free, I have freedom to make choices. I'm not stuck. And when I take responsibility, I take power. So again, you, my dad always says to me, you can change your mindset. If you're gonna sit here and be moody or be upset, you have the power to change your mindset. You be more powerful than that. Be stronger than the machine. Just be stronger than the machine. So I always kind of tell myself that. And uh, just, you, you, you can be your own cheerleader. And the fifth one for mental health is to put away the social media. I barely go on social media anymore. And I know that it's part of my job. And I have to, because I, I will when I have to. And I do know that that's, again, part of my job, unfortunately. But I will post and then I will put it away. And I really need to be better at following up with people. I really am not. And I do apologize to, to those of you out there. I just, I don't want to be glued to my computer. I don't want to be glued to my, to my phone or my iPad or any of my devices. And sometimes people, if I write some of message, they'll get back to me and then they'll, they'll come back to me like 15 times. Like, are you there? And it's like, I'm sorry, I'm not attached to my phone. And a lot of times when we're on set, they take our phones or we have to hand our phones in. Or if we showcase that we even have a phone on us, we can be kicked off set or we can be sued. I mean, there are things that, because things leak, um, people have taken pictures on set. I myself have, and I've gotten in huge trouble and it's not, it's not okay. So if I'm working, I'm not on my phone. And also a lot of times we do not, we simply do not have, um, we do not have Wi-Fi or we do not have connections. And that's, that's a lot of the times. Sometimes we're in deep studios where there's a lot of security and a lot of lighting and just, there's just no, no room for the Wi-Fi, and you can't get a connection. So, um, and you better, you're, even if your phone's off, it better not come on, like for some emergency alert while, pe while we're filming, because it's, it's, it's a big, you will, be, you will never be on that set again. So, that's just another thing for better mental health, just to get away from social media. And the, another one on the pie chart would be the third one, and that's better productivity and work. The first one, tiny habits to help you in, gain better productivity at work and play or at, at work and just all of your all of your success goals whether it be your business or your your corporate job or what have you pretend to be your own hero when you're feeling faced with a, when you're faced with a challenging situation an intimidating project a new career leap or an important meeting think about a hero in your industry or career think about an athlete think about someone you look up to 
Would you be? Would they be intimidated? No. Was Kobe Bryant ever intimidated? He probably was, but he didn't show out. He was his own hero. He had an undying belief in himself, and so did Michael Jordan. The greats don't skimp, and they do not. Um, they don't get. They don't get lazy, and they don't get down on themselves. And if they do get down on themselves, they do it for one second, and they they go back to it. The second one is to do a five-minute daily review at your desk at the end of the day. Maybe before you leave work from your desk to go home, to wrap things up for the day or the night, take five minutes, write down what you've accomplished in a quick bulleted list, and write down what you didn't accomplish and what you would hope to, and make, maybe make an arrow for what you need to do tomorrow. Don't beat yourself up for your failures, and it's not a failure. A failure is the opportunity to have a success next time. Just notice if you can, and what caused you to get off track. Maybe you're way too social, that's my problem. And notice how much you did accomplish. This type of review is a way to keep your brain focused on the positive, and it will help you the next day to not derail you and distract you from your most productive work. And I always do the easier things first, but it always says to do the most difficult things first because then they can get them off your plate. But it's so much easier to make a to-do list with the small things and because I like to make a check mark, but I know that that's not being productive. The third one is to just turn off all notifications for at least one block of, of, of time just so you can get things done. Maybe it would be for 15 minutes. Maybe it would be up to two or four hours and um, then you can really get some work done. Number four is to respond to all invitations and opportunities with an I'll check my calendar. Stop at that quick response that you give, whether it's positive or negative. Maybe you're really quick to say no, or maybe you're really quick to say yes, and then you find yourself in a people-pleasing position and you're overbooked and overwhelmed, and then you show up at the event not happy, and then it, you, you take it out on other people. So instead say, I'll check my calendar and let you know. Then when you have a little time, check your calendar or add more time, <laughs> check your priorities and determine whether or not you can fit it in. And if you say yes and you have to cancel, forgive yourself. And then the, the next one is to spend five minutes a day thinking about the process you will take that will get you to your career goals. It's a kind of positive visual visual visualization, excuse me, visualization. And visualizing the end result doesn't usually help you get there. But visualizing yourself doing the steps you'll take to reach your end goal can help you achieve follow through on those steps during during that time so again big picture do the little goals to get to that big picture the next one on the pie chart is number four and that is better relationships whether it be with your boyfriend or girlfriend your spouse your kids your coworkers, friends the first one is to call text or email one friend or family member a day staying in touch has never been easier obviously but it's all too easy to only connect with the people we see at work or the ones we just won't that won't stop showing up on Facebook or Instagram or whatever. And it's always said that you spend more time with people that you work with and people that you love. So really take take time out to write a thank you note, to write a text to friends or family that you love and really miss. I do this a lot, especially with my my friends are everything to me. So I'm I talk to them all the time. I talk to my dad every Wednesday and Sunday. I talk to my mom and my sister every once in a while. For us, it's better to have love from afar because we get we get a little too intermeshed in each other's lives. I love them dearly, but it's just a little bit easier to do just kind of like here and there once in a while. But I love them more than anything, really. And when you write a thank you note every week, that's number two. This can be an exercise solely for you. It's writing a thank you note to someone who's passed or made an impact on your life. One of my friends in New York City last night was driving around and she's had a really tough holiday season. And she actually went and bought some thank you notes. And she wrote a thank you note to a few of the houses in her neighborhood that were so beautiful and so decorated and so classily done that gave her so much joy. She simply wrote an anonymous card 
and she put the card on each of their in each of their yards. Whether it would be a gated entrance, she stuck it in there, or inside a wreath, or some or inside the lights. Just thanking them for the joy that they gave to her during a really difficult Christmas season. And I thought that was just amazing. I thought that was so cool that she did that because it's not easy to put up Christmas lights. Maybe that maybe that person at the end of the block with that beautiful grandiose house with all the lights had been struggling that year as well. And maybe they bought five strings of lights at Home Depot and none of them worked. Maybe one of the bulbs was out and they were having a hell of a time of it. And then they put it all up. They felt very satisfied. It helped them. And then they get this thank you note. So just paying it forward, being kind, it's just the best thing to do. Um, I spent all day Christmas Day, again, volunteering. And that to me, and I wrote a big thank you note to the people that organized it because they did a wonderful job. Everything was purchased through, there were a lot of donations, but the Temple Israel and the Hollywood Methodist Church bought all the food and they bought the food from every, every table, which was just so delicious and it was expensive. And um, I just thank them for the opportunity to serve and give because these volunteer organizations are, you know, nonprofits do a lot of work um, all year long to get these things together. Um, the third one is to end your night with a word of thanks or encouragement. This is kind of a simple habit that can make or break a lifelong relationship. Before you roll over and go to sleep, let your significant other know that you value and accept them because too many times we take people for granted and yes, you know, sometimes spouses or people that live together just simply become roommates as opposed to the fact that they were in love. They're supposed to be in love. They should be there for each other. They should be each other's biggest cheerleaders. But then after a while, they get upset about the toothpaste or who's going to take out the dog or who's going to take out the trash. Tell them what you love about them. And even if they're annoying you, and if maybe they're maybe you've asked them to do something over and over and over again, maybe change your dynamic. Say, oh, I just love it. I love it. I think it's so sexy when you take out the garbage. And then reward them, you know. <laughs> just give people, give people love and credit. And... The fourth one is to pause before you answer or to respond to people. Train yourself to be a good listener. I have learned to shut up. The more I shut up and the more I listen, the better my life has become. Um, sometimes I, I have a very sharp tongue and I'll, and I'll talk something, I'll say something back right away without thinking. So I've really trained myself to listen by giving myself time to think and response in a pause. Not while the other person is talking. I also had a very bad habit of talking over, 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 over other people. What, did I think I was smarter? Did I think that I was like, no, it was, it came out of insecurity. That's what it came from. And I've, I've really learned to not be that way. This, only, this not only shows that you value what the other person is saying, which communicates that you accept them and respect them, but it also gives you time to weigh your attitude and words. And especially in a high tension situation or stressful conversation, a simple five second pause might be what keeps you from blowing up and ruining a relationship you value. For me, I have to pause about 10 seconds because it takes me that much longer to calm myself down. So I've really gained perspective on that. And I'm just, I'm just telling you, learn from my mistakes because I've not been the best at this, but now I'm much, much better. But again, a work in progress, let me tell you. And the fifth one for the relationships is to give yourself a timeout. Life happens. You're going to hit points when you're feeling stressed and you're frustrated and you're pissed and you're angry or you're impatient, but listen, it's okay because you can give yourself a timeout and then you can keep things in perspective. Sometimes you just need to be by yourself, take a step away, and reboot. And when you walk around the block or lock yourself in the bathroom, take a quick drive with the windows down and the and like Rage Against the Machine blaring, yes, that's me. Find the timeout chair for yourself and use it. And then come back with a much more clear head. And the fifth part of the pie chart for having a better life 
is better community and environment. The first is to take a short walk around the block with a trash bag and pick up litter. This is a weekly or daily ritual that can help, help first of all, gets you outside and helps the environment. I mean, even like where I live in the Hollywood Hills, I mean, for the most part, people are great about picking up after their dogs. But when people go running and then they, you know, they fall into something or like right now it's, it's been pouring rain for the last four days, which is not good. There's mud everywhere and people are going to start throwing up their Christmas trees and it just looks like, it looks so crappy. Just to help, help your neighbors, help if someone, if someone has like pine needles all over the place, maybe sweep it up or something like that. Just keep a better community environment. It just instills positivity in everybody. And stop and say hi to your neighbors. Again, use that with a grain of salt depending on where you live. Sometimes where I live, if you give an inch, people take a mile. So again, be very kind, but not overly kind. If you live in a smaller town and you know everybody, and that's where I come from, by all means, but just, you know, be cautious with that because I've learned that being too nice can be very dangerous. <laughs> I think a lot of people have. And the third one is to borrow before you buy big purchases. If it's not always possible to buy something, why not try it? Save money and help the environment. Maybe make it a habit to borrow first and then try it out and see if it's what you really need or want or must have. Then try to buy used or buy new, especially when it's a huge purchase that's really expensive and it will apply a lot. Right now I'm cleansing my place and I'm putting a bunch of stuff on Facebook Marketplace and it just makes me feel so much better knowing that I'm getting rid of things. And sometimes it's things that like I've never used and, I, and it's things that I know that someone else could, could use in a much better way. And I, I realize that if I don't sell it, I'm gonna donate it. Um, like I have a great, um, some great appliances from the kitchen and if, if they don't sell, I'm definitely gonna donate it to a soup kitchen or the House of Ruth or some shelters, things like that. Um, the fourth one is to set aside money for giving. It can be a small amount, really. $5 can make a big difference to somebody. I always keep dollar bills behind my car seat and also a lot of things like mittens, gloves. Um, sometimes I'll put together hygiene packs. Every time I stay at hotels, I sweep all the shampoos and conditioners and soaps and I keep little bags of those behind my car or my car, my, my driver's seat so then I can just reach back and then, and then give it to somebody because people are everywhere in L.A., asking for things and although I do a lot for those communities you can tell when someone's really down and out and and I'm happy to give you know because I'd rather give items than you know give them money to get go buy alcohol or something but hey if that makes them happy so be it and then keep your bike out where you can see it or your rollerblades or anything that, that is your scooter uh, not only do you if you keep it out you're going to use it you just put it out there and in front of you can you can eyeball it every day you can when you run to the car and hop in Hey, maybe you have a bike. Maybe you can save time. Maybe you can save um, on gas and burn calories and get out there and be physical and get some vitamin D and ride your bike. So that's just another thing. So these are the micro habits for the pie chart of life, which would be the physical and mental health, your productivity and work life, your relationships and your community and environment. But overall, look at your look at your New Year's resolutions. Maybe you do have huge things and maybe you've done the same things every year and maybe you've gotten there. And, and one thing I do encourage you is to, if you're getting discouraged, like especially the number one thing is people joining a gym. That's the number one year's resolution in, in having better physical health. Maybe you've tried over and over and over again and then you're, you're so discouraged. But listen, find proof. Find proof in your past of where you have succeeded. Maybe in 2019, you were able to lose and keep off the 25 pounds that you had. And then of course, during the pandemic, with all the stress, you gain that back. Well, hey, 
remember in 2022, this is not a failure in 20, in, in, in 2021, in 2020, these were really hard years for a lot of people. It was really, it caused a lot of depression. So look at your life in 2019 and find the proof that, Hey, I did look this good in 20, in 2019, or maybe I was making this much money in 2019, or I was in a happy relationship in 2019 and I will again in 2022. So hopefully these micro habits can help you reach your bigger goals. But other than that, I hope everyone has a fabulous, a fabulous 2022. Let's make it the year of the comeback in every way, shape or form. And do remember that pie chart of your life, which would be the physical health, mental health, productivity and work-life health, relationships and community and environment. And doing all these small goals can help you achieve your bigger goals for a better 2022. Cheers of a huge, huge champagne glasses of Dom Perignon and Veuve Clicquot. To all of you out there, thank you for a wonderful 2021. And I'll be cheersing to you from Las Vegas, where I'll be performing as a showgirl at a very private event. I'm not gonna mention where or when or how, it's a very private event, but it's my eighth year in a row doing it and you should see my costumes. They're absolutely gorgeous. I love sparkle, I love color. I love the headdresses. I am so thrilled to be there again. It is a gift, um, especially after that huge accident. And for me, it is gonna be the year of the comeback because I'm going to be able to run this year. That is my goal is to be able to jog and sprint again, to be able to sprint up a mountain just like I did before in 2019. So I am also one of those people. Anyway, love to you all. Have a fabulous, fabulous New Year's Eve. And I will see you again in 2022. We appreciate you for listening. And please rate and subscribe to the show on iTunes. You can also listen on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Luminary Tuned In, or at Bleed.com. You can always reach out to me for any questions or topics that you would like covered on the show at Anne McDaniels or at Anne McDaniels Actress. And I'll see you next time on Believe SoCal. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.